All right, sports mashup number 107, April 19th, 2023 is the date of today. And uh, we start in the NBA where the playoffs are underway, and it's kind of award season as well in the NBA. Yeah, so last Wednesday, the play-in, uh, the East, the Bulls beat the Raptors 109-105, to 105, and in the West, the Thunder beat the Pelicans 123-118. to 118. Uh, the GM did come out and say it was his decision to not play Zion in that game. I mean, I don't know what you're waiting for for your New Orleans. I guess you kick it to next year and you're like, we'll be better next year. But I feel like they did that last year too. So I think they got a lot of key pieces getting McCollum. And if when Zion's fully healthy, I mean, with yeah, him, yes. I, I mean, when you have McCollum, uh, who's that other point guard that they extended? Alvarado. Yeah, you have those two, Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones. Who's their five? Vuce, not Vucevic. Uh, Valanciunas. Yeah. Well, I think you are you should be a little bit worried if you're in New Orleans about just other teams in the West overtaking you because I think OKC is probably going to turn into a monster within the next couple of years with how much talent they have, plus SGA. I think the Suns are going to be good for a while. I don't think the Lakers are ever going to be really non-competitive if Anthony Davis is still there and can stay relatively healthy. But there's a lot of teams in the West you got to be worried about if you're New Orleans. I don't know if you're going to be able to just keep kicking the can down the road with Zion not playing in these playoff games, especially when it seemed to me like he was fully healthy or healthy enough to definitely play a play. That's the huge difference between the NBA and the NHL. Yeah, but then they came afterwards too saying he wasn't five-on-five ready. So Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But if he said he's physically there, how is he not able to play five-on-five? If it's the playoffs, I think you got to lay it all on the line. I also think they need to restructure some of the NBA on which conference you're in because how is New Orleans in the West? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like that should definitely be an Eastern team. I would agree, yeah. I mean, Milwaukee's further West. Yeah. Uh, And then Friday – the final plans, you had the Heat beat the Bulls 102-91, and then the Timberwolves destroyed the Thunder 120-95. to Yeah, I'm not too surprised by either result. I remember saying that uh, the Bulls-Raptors winner had no chance against Miami, and I could see a scenario where the Thunder or Pelicans could beat the T-Wolves, but I think the Thunder are still a year or two away. Obviously, they'll get Chet Holmgren in there next season. Plus, they're going to have a good draft pick this season, so plenty yeah. of opportunity there. And the Heat looked good game one against the Bucks, but lost Tyler Hero. He may be able to play in the finals if they get there to a hand injury. But then Giannis is yeah. also hurt. Yeah, Giannis I think is what questionable for tonight's game. Yeah. So we'll see. Which may have – did it go to doubtful? I think he went from doubtful to questionable. But, yeah. Uh, You also have the NBA, just ridiculous that this is not a bigger penalty, but they they find the Mavs $750,000 for, quote, failing our fans, which is a.k.a. they pretty much eliminated themselves from the playoffs and trying to lose a game for the draft pick. And uh, I think that they, if, if Adam well, Silver, two, they didn't just do it for one game. They did it for the last yeah. two games. If Adam Silver cared about this at all, truly, he would have the stones to take away that pick. 
what the hell? Why not? I think Adam Silver is the most overrated commissioner in sports. Not even close. Talk about him like he's the best. I mean, how many stupid decisions or rules has he brought to the league? Like this stupid midseason tournament thing is going to be stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, who was it before him? Uh, David Stern. Yeah, he wasn't the greatest either. No, but I don't think that he tried to do things or overdo things the way that Silver does. Yeah. He tried keeping it traditional. Yeah. Uh, he also had Draymond ejected from game two against the Kings after doing some sort of WWE move on DeMontis Sabonis in the fourth quarter. He gets suspended for game three. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, I, he definitely overdid what he was doing. I don't know if he needed to be ejected and suspended for a game, but whatever. They came out and said that uh, Dumars said uh, Green's history – or Green's history, excessive act led to the ban. Yeah, and yeah I think it, Giannis was upgraded to questionable. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it might be maybe notable that um, Joe Dumars worked for the uh, for the Sacramento Kings less than three years ago. So, just saying. Just saying. Uh, so, yeah, and then awards, uh, Defensive Player of the Year has been announced. Right? They're doing it just randomly every so many days. Uh, Jaron Jackson, Jr. of Memphis, won it. Uh, and then Brooke Lopez came in second in the voting, and Evan Mobley came in third. Jaron Jackson say, is the second youngest to win the award. Yeah, rightful winner, I would say. Uh, had a good year defensively, no doubt. Um yeah, I think Nick Claxton is another guy that could have been in the conversation. Yeah, surprised he wasn't in there. Uh, Rookie of the Year finalists are the Magic's Paolo Boncaro, Oklahoma City Thunder Jalen Williams. This is the Santa Clara Jalen Williams, not the Arkansas one. They have both of them. And Utah's Walker Kessler. I assume Boncaro easily with the victory in this one, I would I would think. You would think. And then uh, sixth man of the year. Boston's Malcolm Brogdon, Knicks, Emmanuel Quickly, and Milwaukee's Bobby Portis Jr. Yeah, I would uh, I would think Emmanuel Quickly should be the winner of this one, but I don't really know because I haven't really looked at the I haven't really crunched the numbers on that one. Yeah, I, I mean Brogdon did do a lot of scoring and helping them out. He also made a lot of threes and had a high three percentage for the year. Yeah, that's true. Bobby uh, Portis, I don't I didn't really keep up with his stats at all over the years so i don't yeah i don't know either um coach of the year sacramento's mike brown oklahoma city's mark daniel and boston's joe Missoula. i think uh it's probably gonna be closer than it should be but i think it will be mike brown uh sacramento getting the playoffs for the first time in forever I was going to say, I think it's going to be between him and Joe Missoula. Yeah, I agree. Missoula, first year, weird situation coming yeah, he, in. Yeah, he came in weird, and then they just started off hot, yeah. hot, hot, finished second still. Second in the East ahead of a good Sixers team and a good Cleveland team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Clutch Player of the Year uh, was announced. Uh, winner was the Kings' De'Aaron Fox. And Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan. 
Yeah, this is the first time they're doing this one. I find it to be kind of a weird award, but I think Fox is well-deserving. Yeah, I mean, define clutch player of the year. What's defining that? I think you're, they're probably looking at a lot of different numbers in terms of the analytics and crunch time and and numbers down the stretch of games, uh, making big plays, how efficient and how well do you play in the final minutes of a game. Like, for example, those numbers last season, I remember the Suns were like by far the best crunch time team in the league. Like once you get down to the final three or four minutes of a game, they were going to dominate. And I think that's probably from an individual standpoint, the numbers that they look at for that, but it's just kind of a weird award. In my mind, like you would think Luke could be in there for what he does in the final minutes and how many clutch shots he's made. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know if the league wanted to put Luca front and center on any of these awards after the way their season went and ended, but I don't know. I think Jimmy Butler's a good pick for it too. But Fox deserved it. Uh, most improved player, you have Utah's Lori Markinen, Oklahoma City's Shy Gilgis Alexander, and the New York Knicks Jalen Brunson. This is a tough one, but I think it's gotta be Markinen. I mean, Markinen was an all-star, uh, was really, really good for most of the season. Uh Brunson was just an example of like getting a way more time uh play like playing a lot more minutes than he had been yeah, I, don't, I don't see him as i don't see him as like improved i think his numbers were definitely a big improvement but i guess you can say the same thing about marketing marketing got a lot more minutes in uh in uh where the hell uh utah than he did in cleveland but i'm looking at the numbers i mean yeah improvement numbers wise i mean it was huge for for brunson he 24 points per game this season Six assists. He was only at 16 last year, so that's eight points. Marketing 25, 8, and 2 this year, so that's 11-point upgrade. I would say it should be Marketing because if you look at the minutes played, Brunson is playing four more minutes than last season, and as is Marketing. And then Marketing had just more improved numbers in, in almost every category. So I think it should be marketing, but I think if they gave it to Brunson, I think that'd be well deserved as well. And Shea Gilders Alexander is just a superstar. I think he's too big of a star to win this award, to be honest. And Brunson's kind of close to that too. But I think marketing owned the narrative for the first like three months of the season for this award. So I think that's going to come back and help him. Yeah. And then you had the MVP finalists made, uh, no surprise, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. If I had a vote, I would vote for Embiid. That's where I'm at. Embiid one, Jokic two, Giannis three. And then uh, Kevin Durant made NBA history. He's the first 55-40-90 player. Uh, shot 56% from the field, 40.4% from the three-point and 919 from the free throw line. Though in limited games, yeah, you, people yeah. can argue that. Still impressive nonetheless, I would say. Uh, yeah. Especially for the minute when he does play and he's healthy, the minutes he plays to still shoot basically 92% from the free throw line and 50 56 from the field. Yeah, definitely. And just with his ability to shoot 40% from the three-point line. Yeah. Uh, all right, current uh, playoff stuff here, the Eastern Conference. You have the Heat with a one nothing series leading against the Bucks. Game two is tonight. Celtics 2-0 series lead against the Hawks. That series is over. And the Sixers with a 2-0 series lead over the Nets. And then the Cavs won last night to tie up their series with the Knicks 
1-1 headed to MSG. I think Donovan Mitchell's going to have a big game in game three, by the way, just a prediction. Yeah, and then in the Western Conference, you have the Nuggets up 1-0 over the Timberwolves. They play tonight. Lakers up 1-0 over the Grizzlies. They play tonight. And then Kings up 2-0 over the Warriors, who tomorrow night will be without Draymond. So see what the Warriors starting lineup will be without him. And then the Suns won last night, so they're tied 1-1 with the Clippers. Yeah, I was wrong about the Kings for sure. Uh, props to the Kings. It's been a hell of an environment there, and obviously getting a 2 nothing series lead is big time. So I think the Warriors make a response, though, in this game three. Yeah, because, I mean, they could play with a small lineup, which could make the Kings have to switch their lineup around. You never know. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the NFL. Uh, Cardinal safety Buda Baker requests a trade. Another guy that wants paid, and Arizona's not exactly the best place right now. Yeah, especially with D Hop wanting out of there, so it's like oh, Plus gonna Kyler have... Kyler's going to be hurt to start next season. Yeah, so you're like, well, we're not going to have much offense. We're going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, I want that, out of here. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I don't blame him. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but. Imagine I, if he gets get traded to Cincinnati after them losing Jesse Bates, and then they can get Buda Baker to replace him. Wouldn't be bad. Uh, so this is now two straight weeks in a row where you have a defensive player requesting a trade. That's you mainly because they want a big contract. You saw it with Devin White last week. So I would guess that I would bet that not both of them happen. I think only one happened, if if at all. So. And this next one, I think the Steelers kind of fleeced the Rams on this. Uh, the Steelers uh, are set to trade for the Rams wide receiver Allen Robinson. Uh, the term agreements, it's all based on his uh, physical, but the Steelers would get Allen Robinson and a seventh round or seventh round pick from the Rams, number 251. The Rams would get. Uh, the Steelers' seventh-round pick, number 234. And the Rams would also pay $10.25 million of his salary. The Steelers would pay the remaining $5 million. Yeah, it's a good pickup if he's healthy for uh, to have to have a guy like that for Kenny Pickett. But yeah, I mean, then you have struggled for a couple of years. Well, now. Mike Tomlin's wanted him forever since he was in at Penn State. And he always said that when he gets older, he would want to bring him in and bring yeah. him home. So and then you have Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Pat Fearmouth, and then uh, Najee Harris. Just kind of another guy to improve their lineup, maybe kind of replaces um, the guy they lost to the Bears last year. Yeah, Claypool. Uh, Yeah, they're putting some nice pieces around Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett's going to have either a middle of the road year two or a really good year two. And is Trubisky still there, right? Uh, I don't know. He might be. He might not be. I don't. But him and Adam Robinson had a lot of um, success together in Chicago. So maybe he can. Yeah, he is still there. So maybe he can help. Pick it with Allen Robinson? Yeah, possibly. 
Um, the Eagles extended quarterback Jalen Hurts five years, $255 million, 179.3 guaranteed. Good deal for both sides, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say that's a good thing. And then uh, now you have Tua saying he mold retirement, but he learned how to fall. So I think this means like <laughs> learning how to position your body correctly when you fall to not get injured or something. I don't know. So you don't yeah, hit your head on the ground? Whatever know. that means, how he learned how to fall. Yeah, it's got to be something along those lines, I guess. And then now Jags uh, receiver Calm Ridley says he is still a 1,400-yard type of player. We'll see. Which, I mean, you would think if he kept his body in shape and had a year off to fully recover and everything, he should be able to kill it. Yeah, with Trevor Lawrence for sure, yeah. And then I saw the, the latest prediction on the whole Aaron Rodgers trade of the Jets was uh, the Packers would get a 2023rd second-round pick, a 2024 conditional second-round pick, becomes a first if Aaron Rodgers doesn't retire after this first year, and then a 2024 third-round pick. The Jets would get Aaron Rodgers and a 2025 conditional draft pick if Aaron Rodgers does retire. Yeah, I'm just ready for this to be done to be honest. Or what if it doesn't happen, and then he's still a Packer? Well, then I welcome him back with open arms. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, and we have the draft. Yeah, next next Thursday. Yeah, we'll discuss a little mock draft stuff next week uh, for sure. Uh, all right, let's go to golf. Uh, you had the RBC Heritage winner, Matt, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, won in a 3-0 playoff over Jordan Spieth. Uh, they played 18 over again, tied, played 17, tied. And then Fitzpatrick hit a heck of an iron shot in on his second shot. Uh, Spieth kind of went in the same area where he went in on the original time they played 18 to the right of the green, and Matthew Fitzpatrick won it. Uh, shot 17 under, won 3.6 million, and got a the old red, black, uh, green plaid jacket. Yeah, it's another elevated event, another good win for uh, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he needed another big win. Yeah. Hadn't been playing all that well after winning the U.S. Open? No. Uh, and then this week you have the Zurich, Zurich Classic of New Orleans, defending champion uh, Patrick Canley and Xander Schauffele. At TPC Louisiana Avondale, Louisiana. Uh, Tiger also had ankle surgery. Known timetable on when he'll be ready to play again. Yeah, I, I I'm distracted by the TV in front of me as the Scherzer thing up there. I want to see how mad he gets. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know when we'll see Tiger again. I mean, maybe not again this year. Maybe not ever. Who knows? Well, I, I was it know. he was scoping out when they played in California, the course for – was it for the U.S. Open? Yeah, the LACC, yeah. So I, I don't know if he'll be back for that. I think that was probably like the next thing he was trying to really play in. Yeah, I don't know. Might have been might have been in the mix at Oak Hill in terms of being in the field for the PGA, but that's not going to happen now in May. 
Um, so, all right, uh, go to college hoops here. You, know, you had Miami's point guard, Isaiah Wong, who was the ACC's player of the year, is entering the NBA draft and did hire uh, an agent, so he's in. Yeah, I think he'd be – it could be one of those players that doesn't get taken very high, but then ends up being a, a valuable piece for a uh, for for you know a team that will give him a chance. I mean, he's a, he's a guy who can catch or play off the ball and catch and shoot. He can also really athletic too. Yeah, he can create his own shot. He yeah. looks to get open shooters the ball. Yeah. Uh, Ex-Notre Dame head coach Mike Bray joining the Atlanta Hawks coaching staff under Quinn Snyder. Not really surprising to see that. Um, Just when we think he's retired and maybe trying to take another college coaching job, he's moving to the NBA. Yeah, interesting. Um, Over to Major League Baseball, you had the Cardinals' young uh, outfielder Jordan Walker, 12-game hitting streak coming to an end on Thursday, but a terrific start to his career at yeah. just 20 years old. Like under the radar, too. It wasn't really talked about that much that he was on uh, a hit streak to start the year. Until yeah, it was over. Not much national attention on it for a while. Um uh, he also had Fernando Tatis Jr. back with the Padres. His suspension ends tomorrow. He'd been just hitting home run after home run and dominating the minors. So that kind of shows that he doesn't belong there at all. It's a completely different level for him. He was dominating. Oh, they were allowing him to play in the minors this whole yeah. time? Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find his numbers. I mean, they're stupid. Uh, but also, real quick here, you had Kershaw, 2000 or 200th. Jesus, 2000 would be insane. 200th career win over the Mets. Uh, last night, he was terrific. And then, uh, as I just said a few minutes ago, Max Scherzer was ejected today after a hand and glove check. Apparently, too much rosin on his glove or something. I mean, Domingo Herman had the same thing for the Yankees over the weekend, and they didn't eject him. They, no, and they checked it twice. They like checked him when he came off the field, and then when he went to the mound the whole crew chief and everyone went to the mound and checked him. And then he was yelling at the, um, said it was rosin. And they said it was a sticky substance on his either hand or glove. Yeah. Very weird. Uh, by the way, Fernando Tatis in 39 plate appearances in the minors batted five fifteen with seven home runs and 15 RBIs. So, yeah, I think he's probably too good with that's also an 1800 OPS by the way. Probably too good for the minors. Uh, and then you had the Reds and pitcher Hunter Green ag- agree to a six-year, $53 million extension. Good deal for, for the Reds. And then I think there's escalators in the deal that can get it up to $95 million or something. But either way, it's a really good deal for the Reds. Yeah, sucks that he's stuck in Cincinnati. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe they'll be good four years from now and, you know. Uh, and then DeGrom exited Monday's game with a sore wrist. Uh, but yesterday he said he feels better and hopes to make his next start. Uh, can either of these old Mets pitchers stay healthy between him and Syndergaard? Syndergaard thus far. But, I mean, just in their career in general. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Uh, and then Brewers ace uh, pitcher Burns uh, – 
left the game with a pectoral strain Monday. It's been a weird season for him thus far. Um, hasn't really been as sharp as we've seen over the past few years. No, nor I think during his starts he hasn't gotten the run support. Yeah, he's got a four point seven six ERA in four starts. Uh, he's been he's been sub three ERA for uh, three years now. So who knows? Who knows if this pectoral thing was an issue before Monday start? Certainly could have been. Certainly could have been. Not getting as many strikeouts either. Been a 200 strikeout guy typically, but uh, only 17 Ks and 22 and two thirds innings. That is not as good as normal because usually he's been around 12 to 13 Ks per nine, and he was only at 6.8 this season. So interesting season for him thus far. And then we have the player of the week, which Ethan agreed before we recorded that he messed up on this. Well, I just feel like Matt Olson is a home run every night, and then I realized that he was only 6 for 24 over the last week, but I picked him anyway. Two home runs, six RBIs, four walks, five runs, a triple. I just feel like I see him hitting a home run every night, so I just wanted to pick him. But I'm it, curious if his big ass hit a triple at. I'm trying to think of where they've been playing. Just like Ed, Edmund had one today to center. I don't know how I didn't get to see the replay on that yet, but I want to know what happened. Then he got a triple. Yeah, I'm trying to think. But uh, I was thinking that is one of the benefits is when Kisner starts at catcher because he was on first and scored. If Yachty or Contreras was on first, that's a double with a guy on second and third. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I picked Baltimore shortstop uh, Jorge Mateo. It was nine for 18, one home run, two doubles, four runs, seven RBIs, two walks. Better pick than mine, certainly. Uh, NHL, we have the regular season stat leaders. It's regular season over. Obviously, Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers leading in points at 153, 25 ahead of his teammate, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, and yeah, defenseman points was Eric Carlson of the Sharks, 101-25 ahead. Rookie points, Matty Beneers of the Seattle Kraken, 57-8 ahead. Goals, McDavid, um, 64-3 ahead above Pasta. Uh, defenseman goals, Eric Carlson, San Jose, 25-3 ahead. Which I think he was three ahead of Dougie Hamilton. That sounds right, yeah. Uh, rookie goals, Manny Beneers, uh, 24. Tied with Dallas's Wyatt Johnston. Assists, Connor McDavid, 89-6 ahead. Uh, defenseman assists, uh, Eric Carlson, 76-7 ahead. Rookie assists, Matias Michelli, Arizona, 38-5 ahead. Uh, boy wins, Linus Olmark at 40, 1 ahead. And then you had... I, Combined with both Boss and Swayman was at number 15 and wins with 24. Yeah, that's not bad. Which I'm curious. They had 65 wins. I don't know how they – they must have had a random goalie at some point play that because those two only combined for 64 wins and they had 65. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, goalie save percentage, Linus Allmark at 938. Zero zero seven ahead. I think he stuck there the entire time we did the stats. I think so. Yeah. As 
So with McDavid and Carlson. Yeah. Uh, and then team point leaders, Boston Bruins, 65, 12, and 5, 135 points, 22 points, which was ahead of uh, Carolina. And the playoffs started on Monday, April 17th. And then the Eastern Conference, you have the Bruins, uh, 1-0 over the Panthers, the Hurricanes, 1-0 over the Islanders, the Rangers, 1-0 over the Devils, and the Lightning, 1-0 over the Maple Leafs. In the West, you have uh, the Jets, a one nothing series lead over the Vegas Golden Knights. The Kings won in overtime in Edmonton. They're up 1-0. The Wild won in double overtime in Dallas. They're up 1-0 on them. And the Kraken won on the road with a one nothing series lead over the Colorado Avalanche. Road teams in game ones in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, 6-2, and 4-0 in the West. The only two home teams to win in game one were the Hurricanes and Bruins which is uh, obviously not surprising. Those are the two best teams in the league in the regular season. So the West is wide open, and all four road teams winning is a good indicator of that. I know it's only game one. There's still plenty of series to go, but that feels like a good indicator of the conferences. So you're saying whoever comes out of the East is going to win the Cup? I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I think it would very much depend on who that they who they were playing. Like, I think – there's a few teams in the West that could get there that I wouldn't expect to win. Uh, and I think the wild and the Kraken and the jets. And that is the, that is the Kraken's first ever career playoff win. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they do it on the road in Colorado too. Pretty impressive uh, victory. There didn't really feel like a game and what is, in terms of Seattle dominated a lot of it. Is this their third season? Second season. Second season. So second season making the playoffs. Not yeah, bad. I mean, the expansion fee is really high. The NHL usually gives the expansion teams nowadays, at least the last two, a good chance to be competitive right away. Yeah. We saw Vegas get to the cup final their first year. So Yeah, the, well, the Vegas, they got a, I, like handed yeah, they, yeah. an amazing lineup to start with. A lot and of that was because of NHL GMs not really knowing what to do and messing yeah. it up. Here's here's Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, and they gave him Riley Smith and William Carlson and just yeah, yeah. Most of the best players that Vegas got weren't even expansion drafted. They were just trades to like, hey, we don't want you to draft this guy, so we give you this guy and then a second round pick, and then yeah, it's a disaster. They didn't do that for Seattle, but still, Seattle did a good job. Uh, all right, betting picks of the week. I went 10-2 and two last week, 2-0 and oh in the NBA, had 3 in golf, 2-0 and oh in the NHL, and 3-2 and two in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I was 6-4, and 0-2 oh in the NBA, 2-0 and oh in hockey, 3-2 and two in uh, baseball, and I hit on one golfer, which was Tommy Fleetwood. So I'm now 788 and 587. I am... 771 and 582. All right, let's start with, uh, I guess, baseball this week. Uh, yeah, and all of our uh, picks are for tomorrow. Yep. You got, uh, I got the Yankees minus 155 over the Angels, the Reds plus 125 over the Pirates, the Dodgers minus 105 over the Cubs. The Padres minus 125 over the D-backs. This game, they're getting Tatis back in the lineup. And then the Mets minus 135 over the Giants. 
I am taking the Yank the uh, Yankees minus one fifty five over the Angels, the Dodgers minus one hundred five over the Cubs, Phillies minus one ninety five against the Rockies, D backs plus one hundred five against the Padres, and the Mets minus one thirty five over the Giants. Taking the D backs, huh? Yep. Why not? Uh, let's do NBA playoff games. I got the Kings plus five and a half over the Warriors, and the Suns minus two and a half over the Clippers. Give me the Nets plus five to keep it close, maybe win in game three, and then give me the Warriors minus five and a half over the Kings. Uh, all right, Stanley Cup playoffs, game twos. I got the Lightning plus 140 over the Maple Leafs and uh, Vegas minus 150 over the Jets. I'm taking Toronto minus 165 over the Lightning, and I'm taking the Avalanche minus 205 over the Kraken. Now we have the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. Uh, yeah, to win, I have Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley at plus 300. Uh, Siwoo Kim and Tom Kim plus 1,400. And then Harris English and Tom Hogue at plus 3,500. I am taking Colin Morikawa and Max Homa to win plus 800. Sam Burns, Billy Horschel plus 1,400. And Justin Suh and uh, Sahith Thigala plus 1,800. Uh, top five. I have Colin Morikawa and Max Homa at plus 170. Taking the Kim and Kim duo at plus 280 to finish top five. Top 10, Here's I have Sam Burns and Billy Horschel at plus 120. I have plus 280 for Harris English and Tom Hoagie. And top 20, I want to hear yours first. I am taking the Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick duo, plus 120. That's what I took. I took... Matt, the brothers stood out. It stood out because uh, Matt Fitzpatrick winning last week. The numbers seemed pretty low for that in terms of how many groups were ahead of him. And you know that just those two have played together so many rounds. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's in good form. He played well at the Masters. He played well this week or last week, I guess. His brother or Matthew? Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. I was saying him and Alex got to have. So much chemistry, A, being brothers, and B, you know they've played so many rounds together. Yeah. Because what what is the format of this? Is it each day it's a different thing? I think so, yeah. They do alternate shot best ball. Yeah, I think so. Do they do a scramble? I think they do that one of the days. I don't remember, though, fully, so. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, We'll be back next week. We'll have more playoff talk. We will have uh, more MLB notes and uh, NFL draft stuff. So uh, we will see everybody next week for number 108.